I'm Candy Marie. And I'm Anna Diaz, and welcome to the Moving Up Together podcast. Have you ever stopped to think about what the official language of the United States is? Most of us would probably say English, right? Well, surprise, surprise. The U.S. actually does not have an official language. The over 330 million people who live here either speak or sign in more than 350 languages. That's an incredible diverse community. That, yeah, that's incredibly diverse. I have to agree, Mena. But as diverse as it is, there's something that often goes unnoticed. And that's the challenges faced by people who live here but don't speak English. Imagine how isolated some people feel trying to navigate education or in our health systems, maybe even make friends or even ask for help to find a product in a grocery store. Yeah, you know, that that's not easy. No, it's not. <laughs> so today we're going to introduce you to two amazing people who are working to reshape our perspective on language access, which basically ensures that people can understand information and services in the language they're most comfortable with. And here to talk about it are Janet Iraola, a Boston mom and grandma who works with the city's school system. Elsa Flores, mom of three who volunteers as a Spanish language instructor. She also works for a nonprofit organization supporting people in her Boston community. Elsa speaks English as a second language, but for this episode, Elsa will share her story in Spanish. And finally, we welcome Melissa Jamison, who joins us as her interpreter. Melissa works as a professional Spanish-English interpreter and translator in the U.S. and Mexico. She's done this work for nearly 30 years. Thank you all for being here with us today. We will dive deeper into your story shortly. But first, let's start with one word you hope people would use to describe you. Janet, we can start with you. I'm over here thinking, what, what can I use? Um, I'm hoping that people can find me helpful. Elsa? Sí, en mi caso, mi esperanza es que las personas puedan describirme con una palabra que es bendecida. Yes. In my case, I hope that people can describe me with one word, which is blessed. Amen. <laughs> okay, ladies, so here's another question for you. Um, if you can bottle up and sell one good thing about Boston, what would that be? I would say the resources, because I always say we, um, Boston is full of resources, but it's not always that easy to ac access the resources. Yo describiría Boston como una ciudad millonaria en recursos con poca accesibilidad equitativa para todos en general. I would describe Boston as a millionaire city in terms of resources, but with little equitable access to all of the people. Okay. Now, Janet, you were born in Boston. Your parents are from the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico, where the official language is Spanish. What do you remember about growing up in Boston in a dual language household? What I remember is that I, my parents would speak to me in Spanish and I would speak to them in English and we understood each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a little bit, uh, uh, the culture was a little bit different for my parents out here. So they adopted um, the, you know, the, the Boston culture more so than the Puerto Rico culture, even though we did we did do a lot of stuff 
um, as Puerto Ricans, but they uh, mostly adopted the Boston culture. Janet, you're lucky. I would always uh, not get a beating, <laughs> but I would get chastised uh, for replying to my mom in Spanish. She would she was not having that. <laughs> Janet, so you work for Boston Public Schools. Um, could you kind of break down the work that you do there with um, with the students and and how that work, you know, how that translates into your everyday life and your experiences growing up as, you know, a first generation born? So I work with um, the families um, and partners and the community partners in my school. So I look for partnerships um, to work in our school, to service our families. And I work closely with the families, helping them find resources. Um, so that's a major part of my job, aside of other stuff. And um, I went to Boston Public Schools. Um, my children went to Boston Public Schools. So uh, I can relate a lot to the families um, that I work with. What's something that you can relate to in helping them find resources, um, you know, things that you see families that don't speak English struggle with? I think just having, um, being able to speak the two languages. I, I speak Spanish and English. I actually had to um, really practice my Spanish when I, got the, my job at BPS, where before I wouldn't speak Spanish. Um, but when I started at Boston Public School, I had to. I didn't have a choice. Um, it wasn't perfect, but we, we understood each other, and I was able to help the families better that I worked with. Um, and just families that come new to this country just don't understand um, a lot of how the education is here. So like um, the special education piece and other stuff. And, you know, we have all these things that they're not familiar with. So they need to learn all that. So, I mean, I had to push myself to start speaking the Spanish. Um, and I, I'm glad I did because now I speak it like automatically when I see them. I start speaking to them in Spanish before I will be like, oh, my God, let me look up this word. Or how do you say this or whatever. Um, in my school, we we translate our documents in four major languages um, for our school. Um, we have about eight or more different languages in our school, um, but uh, we have four that are major. So we, we kind of pay attention to that um, to make sure that messages are getting out to families in their own language. And real quick, what are those four languages? We have two that are major, major languages in our school, which is the Spanish and the Haitian Creole. Um, and then we have uh, our, our population, our Arabic population is growing, um, Brazilian and Portuguese. Those were five, but <laughs> we have a lot of other ones, um, but those are the ones that are growing. For the students at your school um, are from diverse backgrounds. Um, Many families speak a number of languages. How do you help them navigate communication? So we have um, strands of um, classes that are mixed, they're multilingual classes. Um, so the kids uh, are in that class. Um, they use, they could use like the Google Translate um, stuff to translate information. Um, we have classes that have all the languages in one class. So 
a lot of it they have the dictionaries that help them translate information um but the kids i mean we've had kids that have learned english really quick like i've had kids a lot of the kids that have come from haiti they already come speaking spanish so they speak haitian creole they speak spanish and they're learning the english so what they already know in those two languages that is easy enough to transfer into english so they pick it up pretty fast so within months they're speaking english saying little words and phrases in english so they 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 learn pretty fast so we use like all the technology um that we can use in the in the schools the dictionaries our um message system to parents um it's translated into the parents preferred language so there's a lot that we try to do to get the communication um to parents um in their language candy you and i have to get on board they these kids are speaking three four languages <laughs> all right my kids will be speaking three four languages amen Elsa, the students at your school are from diverse backgrounds. Many families speak a number of languages. How do you help them navigate communication? Uh, no trabajo directamente con las escuelas públicas de Boston. Uh, trabajo en la comunidad y con familias. Uh, en mi caso es diferente porque lo que yo hago es uh, enseñar lo que es la alfabetización para familias con pocas habilidades, leyendo y escribiendo en español, por ejemplo. Well, I don't work directly with the Boston Public Schools, um, but I work in the community with families. Um, and in my case, it's a little bit different. I teach literacy skills um, to families with um, lower skills, for example, in reading and writing in Spanish. So I, so they can, um, you know, in order to help them really progress toward their goals. And Elsa. You immigrated here from El Salvador. Um, how was that experience for you um, coming here? And was Boston the first city that you came to when you came to the United States? Or was there another? En mi país, El Salvador, uh, soy maestra de profesión. Y decidí emigrar para los Estados Unidos. Y... Llegué a Boston por primera vez. Me encantó Boston. Uh, viajé un poco para mi país de regreso y regresé nuevamente para quedarme acá en Boston, viviendo todo este tiempo acá. Um, in my country, El Salvador, I am a teacher by profession. Um, and I decided to immigrate here to the United States. And I arrived to Boston first. And I loved Boston. I loved the city. And I, I traveled back and forth a little bit to El Salvador at first. But I, I always came back to Boston. Um, this is where I've lived the whole time that I've been here. And for those of us who don't know where El Salvador is, um, can you tell us where it is and a little bit about uh, your country? Definitivamente. El Salvador es un país muy pequeño, ubicado en Centroamérica específicamente, y un país que uh, durante los tiempos que yo emigré para acá era totalmente diferente. Hoy en la actualidad, gracias a Dios, ha hecho un proceso de transición muy excelente con muchos cambios positivos donde podemos encontrar 
seguridad, donde podemos encontrar, um, salir a las calles tan tranquilamente, ir a, tu, a hacer turismo, a hacer paseo, y todo, todo fuera de peligro, porque es muy, muy seguro con un presidente que está haciendo un excelente trabajo en mi país, El Salvador. Uh, definitely. Um, El Salvador is a very small country, which is located specifically in Central America. And um, it is a country that um, has really changed um, in a very positive way since I came here. When I came here, it was very different. Today, um, thank God, it's gone through a huge transition and there's been a lot of positive change. And now we can find security there. Um, you know, we can feel safe going out into the streets, um, you know, traveling, um, even you know, going to, to tourist places with no danger. Um, we have a lot of um, security now, thanks to our president who is doing an excellent job in my country. Now, Elsa, speaking of your country, um, when you transitioned um, to the United States, um, you only spoke Spanish. Uh, what was that transition like? What sorts of challenges did you overcome? Uh, definitivamente el primer reto que encontré fue la barrera de la, del idioma porque no hablaba inglés, uh, no podía comunicarme con nadie en la escuela de mis hijos. Antes el sistema escolar de Boston era muy, muy diferente también. Uh, la mayor parte de empleados ahí solo hablaban el idioma inglés. Entonces, uh, no había gente que tal vez hablar español en algunas escuelas. Era muy difícil para mí cuando asistía a reuniones, por ejemplo, y no entendía nada lo que los maestros decían, lo que el principal decía en las reuniones, debido a que no entendía nada de inglés. Tor retomando ese desafío, uh, decidí involucrarme a asistir a, a escuelas, a aprender un poco el idioma inglés debido a la situación que no podía comunicarme con otras personas, ni con las escuelas de mis hijos, ni en las clínicas, en ningún lugar. Well, definitely the first challenge that I faced was the language barrier because I didn't speak English. And so I couldn't communicate with anyone practically um, at my kids' school. And back then, Boston Public Schools was really different. Um, most of the employees there only spoke English. And so there weren't people who spoke Spanish in a lot of schools. And so it was really difficult for me. I would, you know, uh, attend meetings, you know, and it would be really difficult because I couldn't understand what any of the teachers or the principal were saying because I didn't understand English. So given that challenge, I decided to seek out a, an, um, English classes and English as a second language program um, because I couldn't communicate with people, not at my kids' school, not at clinics, um, not anywhere. Elsa, you sought classes to better yourself in the sense of learning English and being able to navigate um, now your new city. Um, how did you find community? Did you find people to help you, um, to help raise you up 
Um, how was that experience for you finding people who were like you, who spoke uh, Spanish and also English? Empecé a involucrarme en grupos de, de nuestra comunidad latina porque definitivamente hay, habemos muchos latinos acá en Boston, uh, pero uh, esos grupos, uh, por ejemplo, de familias, um, empezamos como que a levantar un movimiento de padres latinos, grupos, comités de padres, en donde nos agrupábamos una vez por semana para hablar sobre nuestras preocupaciones en nuestro propio idioma, en español obviamente, hablábamos sobre nuestras preocupaciones, la, la educación de nuestros hijos, el progreso académico que nuestros hijos estaban teniendo en las escuelas, un comité de padres en donde nos apoyábamos también para conectarnos con otras entidades o otras organizaciones que podían... Um, que podíamos encontrar ese recurso de clases de inglés para poder aprender el idioma y también sentirnos como ser parte, uh, involucrándonos y aprendiendo el idioma pues para poder progresar o para poder avanzar en este lugar, pues que, que no se habla nuestra lengua pues como primer idioma y fue así como me empecé a involucrar. Well, I started getting involved in groups in the Latino community because um, there are a lot of us Latinos in Boston. Um, but those groups of families, we really started a movement of Latino parents. Um, <clears throat> in these groups, we would meet together once a week and talk about our concerns in our own language, in Spanish, of course. And we would talk about our concerns about the educational system, about the academic progress of our kids. And so it was a pair, it would, it was parents committees that really got us connected with other organizations that could help us find resources like, for example, ESL classes so we could learn English, you know, and really start to feel a part of this community and really get involved in groups in this community where our language is not the first language that is spoken here. So that's how I started to get involved. Um, Elsa, you work as a volunteer teaching Spanish as a second language to people in your community. Why is it important for you to give back in that way? Es muy importante para mí porque algunas veces como comunidad latina, eh, nuestros hijos, por ejemplo, son nacidos acá en este país, pero es importante pensar en que la mejor herencia que podemos dejar a ellos es nuestro idioma, el español. El español, un idioma tan hermoso, tan maravilloso y que nos abre puertas de apoyo, de ayuda para nuestra gente acá en este país, cuando el inglés se vuelve una barrera para ellos. He ayudado y he apoyado familias, por ejemplo, a que... Algunas veces nuestros hijos uh, se les hace difícil aprender el idioma español. Entonces llega un momento en que nuestros mismos muchachos necesitan un poco de refuerzo para aprender el idioma español. No solamente hablarlo, no solamente entenderlo, también leerlo y escribirlo. Una regla principal, por ejemplo, en mi casa es que... Acá nosotros no hablamos en inglés, ni mi esposo, ni yo. Siempre 
en español. Al principio se me hacía un poco difícil cuando mis hijos eran pequeños que empezaron la escuela porque se sentían frustrados, se sentían enojados porque no les gustaba mucho el español. Yo muy tranquilamente les decía, a pesar que estaba en el proceso del aprendizaje del inglés, siempre les decía, yo no le entiendo nada de inglés. Así que usted me va a hablar en español. Si usted quiere comida, por ejemplo, el niño más pequeñito me decía, I want Syrian with, with milk, mamá. Y, y le decía yo, no le entiendo. Yo no sé qué me está diciendo. ¿Qué quiere? ¿Agua? No, you lie, you lie. Y me decía que yo era, you liar, liar. Me decía que yo era mentirosa. Pero yo siempre decía, no entiendo nada de inglés. Si usted no me pide lo que quiere en español, lo siento mucho, pero no voy a poder ofrecerle lo que usted quiere. Y así poco a poco fui como concientizando mis propios hijos. Tengo tres hijos. Ellos hablan muy buen español. Lo entienden muy bien. El, mayor, el hijo mayor uh, entiende bastante más y habla como que un español más como el de nosotros dos, lo, mi esposo y yo como con un español más rebuscado o más entendible, fácil, con un acento muy bueno que los otros dos pequeños, pero lo hablan y lo entienden. Y el mayor propósito de apoyar es no solamente sentir la necesidad en mi familia, en mis hijos, sino también sentir la necesidad que otros niños, que otra familia latinas, que yo pueda brindarles un apoyo y aprender muy bien el español como segundo idioma, que los convierte en bilingües y de hecho los conlleva a mejores oportunidades de vida y servicio para nuestra propia gente. So something that's really important, uh, that's been really important for me, um, this is something that's really important for me because sometimes in our Latino community, um, our own children who are born here, um, they, they, don't speak Spanish. Um, but it, I think it's really important because I think that the best inheritance that we can give them is our language, Spanish. It's a beautiful, marvelous, wonderful language, and it opens doors for, for people. Um, when English is a barrier um, for others, I've been able to help people. Um, because of being able to, to speak both languages. Um, and sometimes it's difficult for our kids to learn Spanish. Um, and so they need to learn not only to speak and not only to understand spoken language, but also to read and to write. Um, and so in my house, we have a really important rule. And that is that we don't speak any English, just Spanish. And that is something that my husband and I have both always done. And at first, when my kids were young, it was hard. They would get angry. They would get frustrated. Um, I would just tell them, I don't understand English, even though I was learning English at that time. Um, but I would say, if, for example, you know, if you want to eat, I'd say in Spanish, you have to tell me what 
you want. Um, and they would say in English, I want cereal with milk. And I'd say, in Spanish, I'd say, I, I, I didn't understand you. What, what do you want, water? And they would get so angry at me and they would say, you're lying, you're lying, you're a liar. <laughs> um, but I would just stay totally calm and I would say, I'm sorry, I don't speak English. So if you don't ask me in Spanish, then you're not going to be able to get what you want. I'm sorry, I, I won't be able to give you what you're asking for. So little by little, you know, they got used to it and, and um, you know, spoke more and more Spanish. And now all three of my children speak Spanish. The oldest is the one who really speaks it very much with a kind of accent and the way my, my husband and I speak it. And the other two, not as much, but they, they do all, all three of them um, speak it. And, and this is also important, you know, I tell them so that they can help other people who don't speak English, you know, and besides that, it gives them additional opportunities in life, you know, for different things that they can do working with, with our, with our own community. I love that. And I, I love that you're maintaining your culture and you're passing it on. And that's very important. Very happy to hear that. And just to add to that, um, Elsa, you remind me a lot of my mom. Um, my mom always said, don't ever lose your language, um, even though I was born here in the States, uh, because it would open doors. Um, so that reminds me a lot of my mom. And an example of that was I was at the bank um, a couple weeks ago. A gentleman walks in. He can't speak English at all, um, only Spanish. And, and I mean no English. And um, he was trying to deposit money. Um, he was in the wrong bank, a, the, a completely different branch. And um, the teller could not communicate with him. Uh, uh, to he was trying to explain that he was not, he couldn't help him because he's not even in the right bank. And I leaned over and I was able to explain to him, sir, you know, you're not going to be able to do this uh, process here because you actually need to go up the street to this bank on this street in this corner. The once he understood what was happening and I was able to translate, the look of relief on his face was probably. It made me feel so good to have that little bit of effect that at least it gave him a sense of relief and, okay, okay, I understand what's happening. Um, and there's, I, it was just a joy for me to be able to do that. So I, I love that you said that, you know, your children, you want your children to be able to um, do that as well. Just to um, continue with that, Elsa, you chose to speak Spanish during this interview today. Um, what does it mean to you to have the freedom to speak your preferred language? It's not that you can't do it in English, but you prefer to do it in Spanish. How does that make you feel? Amo mi cultura y llegar en mi propio idioma para mí significa sentirme orgullosa de mis raíces, de mi idioma y del respeto a la justicia del lenguaje. Porque hay muchas personas ahí en la comunidad que al igual que yo viví esta experiencia difícil de no hablar el idioma inglés, se dificultan cualquier tipo de comunicación y gracias 
a Act Together por respetar mi decisión y hacer valer la justicia del lenguaje. I love my culture and being able to speak in my own language means um for me it, it means a lot of pride in my roots and my language and um respect for linguistic justice um because there are a lot of people um who like me um previously can't speak english and it makes all kinds of communication more difficult so um thank you to up together for letting me speak in spanish and um embody linguistic justice elsa you joined up together over a decade ago janet it's nearly been 10 years for you as well and you're both very active members and you still maintain friendships from your original groups. What keeps you so engaged and so involved? In mi caso, uh, pienso y creo mucho en la misión de Act Together, que me ha brindado muchas oportunidades. He sido bendecida con muchos recursos, con amistades, con quienes compartí, con quienes uh, encontré ese cariño, ese apoyo de unirnos tras perseguir metas en nuestras vidas. Y para mí, una de mis metas en aquel momento que me uní a Act Together en el año 2011 específicamente, esa meta de aprender inglés Fue lograda, tal vez no al 100%, porque tengo mi acento hispano, español, pero entiendo el mayor porcentaje posible de todo lo que se ha estado hablando acá, lo he entendido. A lo mejor puedo dar respuestas también en inglés. Entonces, ese, ese, esa esencia, ese apoyo, ese soporte, que encontré en Act Together con mis compañeras de grupo, con todas las familias con quienes hemos compartido, eso me hace haberme quedado en Act Together y continuar colaborando en toda medida de mi posibilidad. In my case, I think um, I believe really strongly in the mission of Up Together. Um, up Together has given me many, many opportunities. Um, I have been blessed with many resources, with friendships, um, people with whom I have shared, and I've found that mutual support and affection and warmth. Um, when we have come together to pursue our own goals in life, and for me, when I joined Up Together in 2011, um, my main goal at that time was to learn English. And I've achieved that. Maybe not 100% because I still have my, my Spanish accent. Um, but I understand what's being said. You know, I, I've understood everything that's been said here. And, you know, maybe I could have probably uh, given my answers in English. But it's that essence of support um, that I have found in Up Together, you know, with um, 
other friends from up together and other families that has really made me want to continue to give back um, as much as I possibly can. And Janet, um, you know, you're both very active members and you still maintain friendships from your original groups. What keeps you so engaged and so involved? When you guys said almost 10 years, I'm like, really? I, got, I couldn't believe that it was <laughs> almost <laughs> 10 years. Um, but it, uh, like Elsa said, I think the, the opportunity to connect with other people. Um, I mean, Elsa and I are uh, a lot of different groups together. We see each other a lot. <laughs> um, but I think it's because the uh, what Up Together believes in in, in, in the community in families um and i want to continue you know i want to be a part of that i want to be able to maybe my experience might help someone else or if i you know one of my friends experience or somebody i connected with um so i love being part of the community and and being part of programs in the community and i've learned not only have i gotten opportunities up together but I've learned a lot too because I've heard from other people in different places not just in Boston so I've heard what other people are doing in their community what's working in their community and what challenges they're facing so it opens up my view bigger than just Boston so I could see a more um a different kind of view and try to get um, information from other places and it's, it's cool to connect with people outside of boston outside of massachusetts actually <laughs> so it's kind of cool to hear all that and, and i mean that's why i've stayed connected um because i know i'm always learning something and and, and it's an agency that gives back to the community and um to families i love it um and i just want to say languages in the United States, I can't speak for any other country, but in the United States, has been tricky. Um, it either unites us or separates us, um, which is a little comical to me because it shouldn't separate us considering that this country has so many different languages from so many different backgrounds. And it's essentially what makes the United States the United States, you know? With that said, um, both of you ladies um, in your respective groups have set goals and have met those goals. Why is it important to you to continue with these groups and with um, these actions that you are doing both in Boston Public Schools and tutoring and teaching um, people Spanish, so on and so forth? For me, I'm going to say because the need is still there. Um, and because, you know, like we, you know, we started at a certain place and learned how to move up um, and, you know, meet our goals. Um, and whatever I learned, I want to be able to share with others um, and help them meet their goals. So, um, I mean, the need is still there. There are people that want to meet their goals. Um, and if I've experienced it and I found something that works with me, um, I'm going to share it. In my case, this is a great opportunity to me to speak a little bit in English. So about my goal, as I mentioned before, uh, my main goal was 
to learn English. So uh, I remember uh, it wasn't easy to me uh, because my first language is Spanish and my accent is so so hard when I I try to think in a different language than uh, my Spanish. So, but uh, I can I can let the others know about that. If I I could, they can do as well. So, if we had a goal, and we try on our best to gain to get that goal, everything is possible. So, I would like to see uh, the others in the community feel like me, like supporting them uh, to gain or to get the main goal. Even if sometimes I hear about that, oh no, it is too hard. I can't do it. And I say, no, you can do it. If I can, you can do it too. So, esta es una maravillosa oportunidad para mí. Lo voy a decir en español también. Um, dirigirme a las personas ahí en la comunidad que hablar un poquito sobre la meta principal que yo tuve cuando llegué a Together fue aprender inglés. No fue fácil, tampoco es difícil. Si yo pude hacerlo, también usted puede hacerlo. A mi comunidad latina que sienta el apoyo, que sienta que no están solos y que todo lo que queramos lograr en la vida como meta es posible poniendo nuestro mayor esfuerzo. Gracias. Okay, all right. So this is one of our favorite segments of the show. It's called Free Game. Um, it's an opportunity for our amazing guests to speak directly to the leaders and the doers. Um, and this is exactly how we're, we're going to structure this. So what we want to know is what are some specific challenges that working with families in Boston face? And how do you believe Janet and Elsa, um, lawmakers can address them effectively. Eh, quizás el mayor reto que enfrentamos eh, como comunidad latina en Boston es algunas veces no sentirnos incluidos, algunas veces sentirnos discriminados en racismo, por la barrera del idioma, probablemente, porque pertenecemos a países diferentes, aún siendo humanos. Mi mensaje para nuestros representantes, para los políticos, para legisladores, para representantes de la ciudad, es que nos vean más como seres humanos que queremos integrarnos a esta comunidad, aportamos mucho en habilidades, en destreza, en trabajo fuerte, pagamos impuestos y necesitamos fondos específicamente de apoyo para organizaciones como Act Together, por ejemplo, para organizaciones que pueden ofrecer el la enseñanza del idioma inglés como segunda lengua, que puedan brindar oportunidades para todos sin importar de dónde vengamos, sin importar nuestra raza, nuestra cultura, 
porque solamente queremos ser productivos en esta nación, en, este, en esta ciudad específicamente, y que provean todos aquellos fondos necesarios para que como comunidad latina y toda la diversidad que Boston tiene en este momento, podamos sentirnos incluidos y representados también, porque cada uno de ustedes, representantes de la ciudad, legisladores, representantes estatales, se deben al pueblo y deben de trabajar para el pueblo, con equidad, sin racismo ni discriminación. Muchas gracias. Perhaps the biggest challenge um, that we face as the Latino community in Boston is um, sometimes not feeling included and sometimes feeling discriminated um, because of racism, um, probably because of the language barrier, because uh, we belong to different countries, um, even though we're all human beings. Um, and so my message to representatives of the city, to lawmakers, um, is that they see us as human beings um, who want to um, contribute something. Um, you know, we pay our taxes, we work hard. Um, and so I think I would ask for more funds for community organizations like Up Together um, and organizations that can provide um, classes for English as a second language and that can provide opportunities to everyone, um, regardless of where we're from or our, um, you know, our culture, our race. Um, we only want to be productive citizens of this country and of this city. Um, And so um, we need funds for programs um, because we all want to feel included and represented uh, because you um, representatives at the city level and state lawmakers, you should serve and represent people equitably and uh, with justice and without discrimination. So I 110% agree with Elsa. <laughs> um, so just wanna put that out there. And what I would add to that is um, make Boston livable again. Um, we have a huge housing um, issue. Um, we don't have equitable housing in Boston. A lot of people are struggling with housing. Um, and another thing that I would say probably, um, I've been seeing in the news a lot about the guaranteed income that will help so many people um, get on their feet and, and be able to live in Boston. I mean, we have people moving out of Boston that grew up, lived in Boston their whole entire life, and now they're moving out because they can't afford Boston. So. Um, I feel housing is, is a huge issue that needs to be um, 
paid attention to and really um, hear from the people that are going through it. I feel like if they were to listen to what people are going through, um, I hear a lot of stories where I work. It's not fair. It's not equitable. Um, families should not be going through what they're going through. I mean, they come here for a better life, um, to live the dream. Um, and what they come to is huge struggles, huge barriers, um, benefits not being accessible to them, not having, you know, people that speak their language to help them. Um, so it's, it's uncomfortable for, um, you know, people that come into our country expecting it to be a better life for them and they present it with a wall. So I would push for that. More funding for programs like this one so we can grow and help the community more. Elsa, Janet, and Melissa, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Uh, thank you for sharing your stories and thank you for just, you know, giving us different perspectives on your lived experience um, either, you know, immigrating to this country or growing up in this country and the challenges that still, um, we face as immigrant communities, um, you know, with our children, with our upbringing, with, um, even just trying to find jobs and, and looking for a better life. Um, we appreciate you guys and Melissa to give you a bit of a break. Melissa, Janet, Elsa, muchas gracias por estar con nosotros hoy día. Eh, Muchas gracias por uh, compartir su historia uh, de inmigración, de ser primera generación nacido aquí um, y, y en, en poder compartir con nosotros um, las dificultades de las comunidades inmigrantes y que no hablan inglés como el, el primer idioma. Y, you know, es, es básicamente que gente que viene aquí buscando una vida mejor y ojalá podamos seguir logrando eso pasito a pasito. So, thank you, ladies so much. I appreciate you. Moving Up Together was created by the national nonprofit Up Together and produced by Creative Differences. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.